2: mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up if you want to do it just by the telephone we can do that also and you can give the office a call 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also like i said earlier we do have with us from mount Carmel, illinois prophet tom Duggard.
3: tonight that uh, we're going to start looking at exactly who is israel who has the right to say i am of israel and who doesn't have a right to say that and we're going to turn to Isaiah 56, and we're going to start there. Now, understanding, and, we, and now I'm trying to stay away from a lot of the uh, scriptures that we've already given given to you, uh, hopefully that we can get into the other scriptures. There's some that's going to be familiar to you that we have used, but not very many of them, because again, in order for God's Word to formulate itself into our hearts and to be doctrine come from God, it has to be something that, bless God, that is... Absolute. In other words, it's got to be more than just because I say or you say. God has to say, and it can't be a scripture or two or three scriptures that begin to try to tie themselves together to make doctrine. Uh, that won't work either. What we have here is something that is complete in God. It is from the beginning, and so shall it be in the end. Amen? Isaiah 56, we're going to start in the first verse, and we're going to go down through the eighth verse. Thus saith the Lord, Keep ye judgment, and do justice, for my salvation is near to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the Son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keeping his hand from doing any evil. Now, obviously you should remember this because we have used this uh, more often than not here in the last few months, trying to get you to obviously to understand something important, and it is Shabbat or Sabbath. And hopefully... Those of you that are sitting here tonight, you're not having a problem keeping Shabbat. Okay? Especially since we're to have our services changed and we're now having our Sabbath service on Saturday instead of what we usually call our Sunday church service times on Sunday morning and Sunday evening, they're now on Saturday, which helps us keep Shabbat better. Amen. If you enjoy that same man. I mean, I, I, you know, it's a little hard to understand. I, I couldn't understand why the mail showed up Saturday morning before I went to church.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I
3: wrestled that a bit. I mean, I'm looking out here. What's the mailman doing here? This is Sunday. But, but, but I, but I, but I did rest on that day, and of course, that that lets us have our home time of Shabbat with our families. And and that's a very very special time also and and let me let me adjure you about something here quickly before we go on if you don't have if you're just you know just by yourself and and you need to find somebody that holds their Shabbat service and you need to try to make arrangements to go to their home and be part of that on Friday evening if you can find somebody there's there's plenty of people that'll be glad to have you come and share that that service uh, with them now let's go on. "...neither let the son of the, uh, of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the Enoch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the, the, the Enoch, That keep my Sabbaths, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name." that shall not be cut off. And, and as we have ministered to you this scripture before, you realize the strength within this. When God begins to say, there is something spatial, there is something spatial about the Jews to start out with. And, and by the way, we call them Jews of all the 12 tribes. All right? They're obviously not all actually from the tribe of Judah from which the word uh, the Jews uh, came, actually, the word Jew came from. But what's interesting here is that God does not have a closed society. Somebody say amen. God has not closed this thing off saying only you and you because you're of the 10 uh, 10 to 12 tribes can come into this thing. Of course, we have studied extensively now and found out that there are 10 tribes that nobody but God seems to know where they're at today. But we're starting to get an idea, aren't we? You folks are strange.
0: You are strange.
3: Somebody says, well, why do you believe that? I don't know. There's just something about it that just tickles me all over. I remember going to charismatic movements when they told you what tribe you were from. Hopefully we've come away since then. Amen? So God doesn't cut anyone off. If you come in, and and the key here is to keep His Sabbath and do no evil. You don't pollute His Sabbath. There's something strong about the Sabbath or the Shabbat. And I think that's what we're going to have to come to grips with in the days that we're now in. God set some regulations and He set some rules and He set some things trying to get you and I to understand it's not to restrain us. It's not to burden us. It's not to make us feel like, that. bless God, that we're we're under some great amount of burden that nobody else knows anything about. God's trying to bless us. He's trying to bless us. There's blessings in keeping Shabbat. Amen? So He goes on and He says, Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants, every one that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon my altar for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. And if you haven't underlined that yet, of which again we've been through this, it would be good to underline that. The God's house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. That will do what? That will keep His Sabbath and come under His covenant. What is His covenant? His covenant is His law, His divine instruction, His Word. just that simple. A verse. The Lord God, which gathereth the outcasts of Israel, saith, Yet will I gather others to Him besides those that are gathered unto Him, which is a great indication that it ain't over till it is over. Amen till the time of the Gentiles. Amen? To the end of the time of the Gentiles. Let's go to Isaiah 13. And we will take a scripture from here. Isaiah 13, 19. And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwell in from generation to generation, neither shall the the uh, Arabian pit, uh, pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. And what's he talking about? God is trying to get us to understand something, that it is only Israel that God blesses, and that which is attached to Israel. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the, as we have dwelled, dwelled into this thing deeper and deeper, we're beginning to hear people say to us, why are you doing this? Why are you making yourself different? Can't you just be like the rest of us? And what they don't know is yes on every account. Yes, we're not making ourselves different. Yes, we have got off into this because we have chosen to do this. It's our God-given right for us to seek God in the way that we want to seek God. More than not, there is something happening on the inside of us that truly has never happened quite like this before. Can you understand why when the lions ate the Christians in Rome, they were smiling? Amen. We can understand that now. We can understand that not not because God isn't in His place doing His thing, it's because we're now beginning to line up. Th- th- this, again, c- could never happen. See, there, let me let me back up. There could never have been a Baptist church and a Baptist organization that brought forth the type of light that the Pentecostal uh, realm brought across a century ago until God said, now's the time, bring it. It could never have happened. It, it could never have taken place until God set it in place and He has set everything in, in, in place and has arrayed it with his glory to bring forth revelation in his time. Now that they don't let the mouth blow, I realize, but that's the way this whole thing works. In other words, there wasn't a Baptist organization until Revelation God said, Now's the time, bring forth the Baptist. And I'm not sure that he called them Baptist. I think they call themselves Baptist. all right? I think God brought the revelation and he brought forth that mighty, mighty move through through that realm as he did the Pentecostal realm. And that which he's doing now. Uh, In the 14:2, same same Isaiah. "...and the people shall take them and bring them to their place, and the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids, and they shall take them captive whose captives they were, and they shall rule over their oppressors." There again, that's just the way God does things. In other words, if you are of Israel, you are going to be the head and not the tail. Amen? You're going to be those that are ruling over and not those that are being ruled over unless you decide to go contrary unto the law of God. Now again, where Jesus fits into all this thing is very simple. He was in the beginning and so shall He be in the end. There is no separation of Messiah here. And you want to always keep that in the mind. This is not a new religion. This is the same religion that Peter and Paul had. The same religion that Jesus Himself kept. This hasn't changed any. This this is a cycle in which God gives. You know, as I keep going back to, to try to get you to understand why, and I've had some people say to me, "Why, why is this going on now and didn't go on back whenever, if this is really of God? Well, I can answer that very simply. Right now, we're not having people come to tell us you're either going to be a Christian or you're going to be a Jew, but you ain't going to be both. And that's what went on and that's what changed all this And caused it to be separated, hopefully that it would never come about again. But you see, with God, and God's timing, and God, and the way God does things, is so perfect that God realized that what He was showing us was a shadow of things that was going to come. See, you can't put it out. I don't care. You can try to drown it. You can try to burn it. You can, you know, you can try to dig a hole and put it in a hole. But I'm going to tell you something. If it's God, it will resurrect itself in God's time. Can you get a hold of that? In other words, when, when anything happens that's God, you can stand all day long and say, I don't believe this is God. And I can say, well, I believe it's God. I'm going to tell you in time, God will prove out who's God and who isn't God. And that's where we're at today. We're just at a time element now of letting God prove out what God is going to prove out. You can't change God's mind about things. God is trying to get us to understand who we are in Him we know who we are in the Son. Amen? And most of us know who we are in the Holy Ghost, the Rahakodesh. But the problem of it is, the Father is wanting us now to understand who we are in Him and how we got separated, why we got separated, and He's saying, Welcome home. That's what God is saying. Welcome home. Let's go to, let's go to Deuteronomy 29. The law w- was, was given... Well, in Deuteronomy 29, and I was trying to think what it was I got into. uh, I think I got in 30, wasn't it? Sunday night. Deuteronomy 29. These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. And Moses called unto all of Israel and said unto them, Ye have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt unto Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. Yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive, now that word means to understand, and eyes to see and ears to hear unto this day. And I have led you forty years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxed and old upon you. Thy shoes is not waxen old upon thy foot. Ye have not eaten bread, neither have ye drunk wine or strong drink, that ye may know that I am the Lord your God. And when ye came unto this place, Shahan the the king of Heshbon, and Og the king of Bashan, came out against us unto battle, and we smote them. And we took their land, and gave it for an inheritance unto the Reubenites, and to the Gadites and to half the tribe of Manasseh. Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. Now this again happens to be that thing which God not only has given, but God has promised. Now God says if we will keep therefore the words of the covenant. What are the words of the covenant? The things that were presented to Moses by God. All right? That's what that is. The things were presented to Moses by God. He says, "...you stand this day, all of you, before the Lord your God, your captains of your tribes, your elders, your officers, with all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives and the stranger, that is in thy camp for the hewer of thy wood and the drawer of thy water, that thou shouldst enter into, into covenant with the Lord thy God and do his oath, which the Lord thy God maketh with thee this day." That you may establish thee today for a people unto himself, and that you may be unto thee a God. As he has said unto thee, and as he has sworn unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath, but with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. That you may prosper in all that you do. Now that's God's Word. That, that isn't something that, that somehow God has Put in there to 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 uh, tempt us with, to cause us to to feel like that. Bless God that that we need to give this a whirl to see if it's going to work. That's a promise of God, and what God is saying is, if you will keep keep, if you'll do the words of this covenant, this agreement, if you'll if you'll do it, He said you're going to prosper in all that you do. Now I don't know about you, but I can speak for me and my house. I want to be able to walk before God and God prosper me in what I do. Because that is the witness of the Raha the Holy Ghost, inside of me through the Son, Yeshua, the Son of God, working through me, that people can see God through that. That's what I believe that the church has lacked, and I think the church has probably lacked it for a number of centuries is the power of God working. I think we've had the power of God that has worked in individuals from time to time. I I think that that's, again, a shadow of things that are coming. I've always said that. I've always said that as a prophet, that God permits me to travel this world to work the wonders and the signs that God lets me, just so that people will understand that there is going to come a time when this is going to be everyday run-of-the-mill ministry. And you know, a lot of people have problems with that. You know a lot of people a lot of people forget what God does in their lives. A lot of people forget what they have seen God do. It's easy. You know I'm going to tell you something a preacher one time told me something about deliverance. He said, "You know, you can't tell anybody they need to be delivered of something unless they know they need to be delivered of it and they get delivered." And if they get delivered of something, you can't tell them that they were never delivered because you they know better the same way with people receiving miracles. It's the same thing with people receiving the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, into their hearts. People say, I've had people say to me, how do you know that you're saved? Well, I'll tell you how I know I'm saved, because I know inside of here, by faith, through grace, we're saved. Well, listen to me. By grace, through faith, and the power of the Rahakodesh, through the name of Yeshua, Jesus, the Son of God, and through keeping His covenant, We will open the rivers up and walk on driver land and we'll raise the dead in numbers in the name of His Son Yeshua. Why? Because we're just now finding the pieces of this puzzle that's been missing for generations. Again, as I said upstairs, this thing isn't missing and hasn't been hidden away and we've all of a sudden come to some great revelation on our own. That never happens. It's always been in the book. It can never be enlightened to us until God enlightens it. And it's called revelation knowledge. And once God begins to bring that revelation knowledge, then the rest of it's a piece of cake. Now, people have implied to receive the law because they left Egypt and, and, and with the Israelites. Now, they would find that, if you look in, in Exodus, the 12th chapter, as a matter of fact, we're going to see that. And I thought this when I and again we've been through this scripture. I'm going to get to I'm going to get past this in a minute where we're getting to some stuff that you you haven't been into. 12:33 Now this is when they were getting ready to leave, okay? And the Egyptians were urgent. Now this is 12:33 of Exodus. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, "We be all dead men." And the people took their dough before it was leavened, their knitting frogs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders, and the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels and silver and silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses The Sukkot, about six hundred thousand on foot, that they were men beside, beside children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. And they baked unleavened cakes of dough, which they brought out of of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tarry, neither did they prepare for themselves any victuals. So they begin to come out, they begin to come out, and the Egyptians begin to give to them, and the Egyptians begin, some of them begin to decide, well hey, if this is good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Go to Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47. Nothing happens but chance with God. You know, I I don't think that's anything that most of us here tonight in this room don't understand. That nothing ever happens but chance. Not with God. Aliens will. Aliens, not the kind that come from outer space either. They will inherit a portion of the land that God has given to Israel. And I'm talking about strangers to them. In Ezekiel 47, 21, And so so shall you divide this land unto you according to the tribes of Israel. And it shall come to pass that you shall divide it by lot for an inheritance unto you, and to strangers that so journey among you, which shall beget children you, and they shall be unto you as born in the country among the children of Israel. They shall have inheritance with you among the tribes of Israel. Now listen, and it shall come to pass that in what tribe the stranger sojourneth, there shall ye give him his inheritance, saith the Lord. So, again, these are not, see, somehow or other, people look at you and they say, well, you're not a Jew. Well, now, to, 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 to have to have a point in fact here we're going to have to say how do you know that I'm not a Jew and that's what each of us would have to say how do you know that you're not a Jew well I'm just not how do you know there were only two tribes and those two tribes again was Judah and that little tribe of the Benjamites Benjamin and then there were some Levites that stayed there because they were in Jerusalem with what we call the Southern Kingdom now Are they the only ones? Now, you understand something. That is only two tribes out of twelve. Now, we have studied and we showed you in Scripture where God said that He would bring back Judah back into the land first. You remember that when we went through the Scripture and showed you prophetically what the prophets were saying, that Judah would be brought back to the land first, and then who else is going to come back after that? Then from Ephraim, the northern kingdom that we call Israel, is then going to return. Now we know that Judah has returned. Amen? How do we know that? Because they're there. And what is going on now is there's ten other tribes out here wandering around, just like you and I, that something's burning in our hearts and our souls, and some of us don't even know what it is. A lot of people today don't have any idea what it is. Thank God that we've got an idea what it is today. Amen? That at least we know we're not crazy. If we are, we're all crazy together. Amen. But it's a happy occasion being crazy, if that's what we are, because of the peace. I'm going to tell you something about God. And most of you have heard me teach it for years. If God is in it, peace will be there. If God's in it, there will be peace. If God isn't in it, there will always be confusion. And there will always be every type of mishand go on that you can imagine. If, in fact, it's not God. If it's God, peace will come upon it, and you'll go, that's right. And you may not even scripturally understand that what it is to make it right, but you'll understand one thing, what's going on here. And for years I've said this. We're going to have to learn to be taught by the Rahakodish. We're going to have to learn to be moved or guided by the Rahakodish. And what the problem is today is most of us wouldn't know the Rahakodesh if he came in and sat down. And that's what's wrong with the church. The church is wanting to be guided by some other method in which God has chosen to guide and to bring forth in this hour and this day what He's about to bring forth. Most of the church is waiting for the Lord Jesus to appear in their bedroom on some night at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, Hello, this is the Lord God. I am Jesus, the Messiah, and I've come to tell you that this thing of the Messianic movement that's on the face of this earth bringing the Christian and the Jew together is real. That's what that's what the church wants to hear. But I'm going to stick with what I told you years ago. There will come a day and I prophesied this to you, probably some 10 years ago, that there'll come a day when you will have to be led by your spirit and not by your mind. And if you don't know who God is in that day and that hour, it's going to cause you to do a lot of things, the blessed God is going to be contrary to you yourself. But you see that hour is upon us now. The hour is upon us now, and I'm going to tell you something else. There are going to be people who understand this in time to come. That today's all against it. You know why people are against it? Well, some people will be against it just because of me and you're for it. Amen. Some people will be, but but I want I want you to I want you to be in peace and have rest in what I'm about to tell you. Did Jesus know that he had it when he was here? Absolutely, he knew he had it. He knew that he was the Son of God. Did they know that he was the Son of God? Evidently not. They hung him on the stake. Amen? They beat him beyond human recognition. Evidently, they didn't know he was the Son of God. But you see, the important people of that church era or that church time decided that he was not the Son of God, that he was not. He was not of the loin of David. David. Because if he was, he would have come as a king. Not a stupid carpenter's kid. That don't make for a good king. The thing of it is they forgot that David was a lowly shepherd boy. David wasn't always a king, was he? David became a king physically, and God said that he would bring forth the kingdom of Messiah that would be an everlasting or a kingdom that would be forever from the root of David. And of course, that's exactly where Messiah comes from. So, we have, we have built the perspective, the very thing that we have waited on, the very thing that we have, we have called out to God is now taking place, that God is beginning now to mold or to bring forth the very last or latter day move that's going to be on the face of this earth. There will be no other movement on the face of this earth before the coming of Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, besides what we are now entering into. This is it. And you see, I can tell you that prophetically because it's the truth. This is it. This is exactly, this is everything that Paul talked about, everything that Peter hoped for. We're standing in it today. And there it will be no less controversy in what we do today than that which was going on in Jesus' time. There will be no less controversy. This isn't going to be received by open arms. And the reason it's not going to be received by open arms is because people are going to have to try to figure it out up here. And brothers and sisters, you can't do it up here. The only way we can do this thing is receive it as small children would receive it from the Father. Amen? Now, if called by His name, then you'd have to know that you're, you're God's people. Amen? Let, let's go to Second Second Chronicles, which is something I think that most of us, if you've been around any Holy Ghost movement, if some time or another had me or some preacher like me I preach this at you, But let's look at it from a perspective uh, as a Messianic Jew tonight. Seven. Second Chronicles seven. And we'll start in the eleventh verse. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. And all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house, he prospered. He prosperously effected. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name... Now, again, who is his people? Now, this is where this whole thing got lopsided with Christianity. Christianity. We as Christians claim this verse. Now, even though we don't believe in the Old Testament, we claim that verse. And how many times have you heard preachers say, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land." Amen. Now, how many of us have we've heard preachers? Well, now wait a minute. Who's he talking about, the Christians or the Jews? Is he talking about Israel, or is he talking about the Holy Ghost field, boys and girls, like you and I? Who exactly is he talking about here? Because this is what's going to have to come down to you and I being able to determine just exactly who is and who isn't and why they are or why they're not. The Christians will say, see, we've had a terrible time in Christianity trying to understand where Israel comes in and Christianity goes out, or vice versa. We've had a terrible time. We have blamed some of the scripture. We read scripture. Well now, Brother Deckard, you ought to know that the 24th chapter of Matthew is for Israel, not the church. Well that's funny. When you read that, it sounds like it's for the church. It sounds like that Jesus is talking to the same people that he was talking to on the day the day that blessed God that that he left this earth. He's now talking again, and he's now speaking these things, and he's now saying these things as things that are going to come to pass at the time of which the end or his second coming would come. It's all there. So we have we have Played this game back and forth and back and forth and we've tried to decide that brother that you know this is this is Israel this is the church this is Israel this church it's any meany mighty mo you just choose choose whatever you want to choose and 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 that's what's going to be but brothers and sisters you have to understand that if you are not His people and you you'll say well we're His people we're just not under all that law well, that's a good one because we've all heard that in fact I've used that did not cut any mustard with God, but I've used it. That we're His people. So what we're saying is, let them keep the Sabbaths. Let them keep the feasts. Let them keep the law. And we'll just collect the blessings because we got the Son. So in other words, we'll cry out to God. Now listen to me. We're going to cry out to God and God is going to heal our land. We're going to humble ourselves and we're going to repent and God is going to come about and do all this for us. Now they're going to do the work But we're going to take the blessings. Now, Now I'm going to tell you something. They're not going to hold still for that. You know, I've said for years, a lot of these characters running around here saying things that they're saying and trying to do ministry that's not the right way to do ministry. I've said for years and years, that bless God if God blesses them, I'm quitting. And the reason I've said that is that I have worked hard. I have worked hard and I've worked diligently with God and, and tried to learn what God wanted me to learn. For years I've gone through this thing. And then to have somebody come up to bless God that's doing everything wrong and say this is of God and God's doing all this and I can hate my brother and I can do all this and God's gonna, and I'm gonna tell you something, if that's of God, then I miss God and I don't even know who God is. Neither do most of you here tonight if that's the case. That's not the case. If my people which are called by my name, you have to be His people called by His name. Now let's understand who was His name here. Yahweh. Hashem. Olam, that's his name, the mighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is not here. This is not at a time that we can translate, even though we as Christianity understand that Jesus was in the beginning, and so was He in the end. We understand that part. The problem with our understanding of that part is very, very simple. We understand that part, and then we'll just take whatever part we want using that understanding and get rid of the other part because we don't need it because after all, you know, He was here, so that means us. But you see, then that rotate this back to the next question? Then if that's true, then what commandments was Jesus saying, if you love Me, you'll keep My commandments? Then what was He talking about? And then we tried to say, well, He's talking about a whole new set of rules. No, I'm sorry, but He wasn't. And we're going to get to those rules that that, that he gave here. Uh, probably not this evening, but uh, we'll get to them here uh, uh, Saturday evening. Let's go to Isaiah 43. So you see the the plan. And I, I think if there's one thing, and I've always said this, and please don't 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 misunderstand this. Just to be different doesn't mean you're in the will of God. Hear what I said? Just to be different doesn't make you in the will of God. If you're following Revelation knowledge, and you can do that. And you can do that. If you can follow revelation knowledge, and it makes you different because God says you are a peculiar or a different people, Okay, then you understand you're doing that not because you want to look different to the people around about. People outside of us right now are talking diligently about us because of this, because of this, because we keep Sabbath now. We've now decided that we'll not hold any more Sunday services. They're going to be on Sabbath, Sabbath. And they're talking about us. Now, why are they talking about us? Are they talking about us because they don't like us? No. Are they talking about us because they think earnestly in their hearts we're wrong? Yes. Then what do we do to change their mind? Listen to this one. This is a tough answer. Nothing. Now Listen. Because God also gave unto them... Remember when, when Paul said he didn't understand what was going on? He said God gave unto them just as He did unto us. But unto them, he said, faith is of non-effect to them. You hear what I'm saying? Faith it was non-effect to them. Paul said they had the opportunity, they had the same Word of God that you've got. Now listen to me. Paul was speaking about revelation knowledge. He's speaking about a knowledge that can't come any other way but by the dish. A knowledge that blessed God that is laid forth by the hand of God, by the Spirit of God in its time and its season, to be receive for those in which God is speaking it to. Do you think God could have spoken into the entire Sanhedrin when he brought his son to this earth and caused him to walk this earth and spoke to their hearts and said, Yes, you will receive him. Don't you believe that they will receive him? Well he hardened Pharaoh's heart, didn't he? He could have done that. He could have spoken to the the great Sanhedrin, the the great court of, uh, uh, of the law for the Lord God that was on the earth at that time when Jesus walked this earth, and they would have received Him. But let me tell you something. Not everybody's going to have ears to hear, and not everybody's going to have eyes to see, and we've been through some of this. Some of this is that if you're not of the ten lost tribes, you're not going to see or hear this ever. So for all of us that are running around out here trying to get all of our friends and... And, and everybody try to understand what's going on here. You can, you can sit down and you can show them this stuff and you can do everything you want to do. It's kind of like the old proverbial mule from Kentucky. You get him that water and you put a block around his head, but he still don't got a drink. He run his head down there and drown in that water if he doesn't want to drink. So you see, let's not get into a thing that we're waiting for popular votes to get in this thing. You're seeing about all the popular votes you're going to get right now. Look around you. Boy, you're a strange bunch. <laughs> strange looking bunch of people. 43. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad you're strange. Makes me feel better. Now, you know, <laughs> strange likes company. 43, Isaiah. First verse. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, old Jacob, And he that formeth thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Okay, here we go again. Who is it that he's redeemed? Well, we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah, we got that one right. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Holy Lamb of God, Yeshua Jesus. But what about this? Can we be redeemed... And call by thy name, by God, and be a separate entity away from Israel. What makes us, what makes us separated from Israel? We're not Jews. Well now, again, how do you know that you're not a Jew, meaning one of the twelve tribes of Israel? How do you know that? If there's ten been lost, who are you to start designating what the re- well, I'll tell you one thing, Brother Deckard. You ever see them Jews? they got that nose on them. Yeah, they do. You, some of you need to look in the mirror, though. There is some resemblance there. You know, after I got into this, I got looking at all of you. I got looking around. There's a Jew if you ever... ever you, <laughs>
0: I could take him. I could take
3: him to New York and me and him walk down the street, and nobody say nothing to us. And I'm not going to go ahead and start pointing around the room, but I... look in the mirror. You, 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 this could get deep, couldn't it? The plan that God's got for me and you. Now listen to me closely, and this is what you and I are going to have to decide and agree upon in our hearts. The plan that God has got for us may not be the same plan that He's got for the rest of the family, the rest of the neighborhood, the rest of the town, or the rest of this part of the world. How many actually stood when when Jesus was being put upon the tree? As part of that ministry, they all ran, didn't they? But there were a few that actually, you know, when it come down to it, the women and and the disciples, you know, they they even though they didn't believe in the resurrection, even though they didn't believe in that, they still Bless God, when it came down to it, they were still hanging around at the tomb. Some of them. Some of them were still hiding away. But the fact of it is, it was not all of Jerusalem that was wailing and mourning the death of Yeshua, the Messiah. It wasn't. It was just a few people, and if you can't imagine, there they are, this group of few people, the disciples and a few of the women, and that's it and you're trying to say, all right, tomorrow we're going to go out and we're going to start really preaching Jesus. i got news for you, there was nobody going out to preach Jesus tomorrow or forever as far as they were concerned at that time. Did you hear what they said when he hung up on the tree? If you be God, come down! He couldn't bring himself off the stake. He gave up the ghost and he was just as dead as anybody that dies was dead. He was dead. I said, study the 16th chapter of Mark. You'll find out that the disciples didn't, they were more surprised than everybody in town when he came forth. Because they didn't expect him to be resurrected either. But did that keep the resurrection from coming? No. Did all of Israel know him to be the son of God? No, and they still don't. But as the times would come, and, and now, now I don't know whether I've told this this vision or not. And if I haven't, if I have, just listen to it again and enjoy it like you did the first time. If I didn't, then just enjoy it for the first time, okay? Because I can't remember whether I shared it with you or not. But when God began to deal with me about Ephraim, when God began to deal with me, how that He was going to take the stick of Ephraim. And he was going to take the stick of Judah and put those sticks together. And I remember I was up late that night and I, and I meditated and I sat and I kept saying to God, this is divine revelation for this day and this hour. I said, Lord, you have hidden this away until this time. And now the time has come and now you are pouring this revelation out. And sometime in the morning hours, God took me into a vision. I walked into a room. The room was in Jerusalem, and it was a long rectangle room, and it had chairs along the wall on both sides. And on the end, there were chairs, and in the two chairs that were bigger chairs than the rest of the chairs sat the two high rabbis of Israel. I walked through the doors... There were big double doors, and I walked through the doors, and I walked to the other end, and I had a staff in my hand. And when I got to the other end, and I stood before the two head rabbis, I took the staff, and I threw it on the floor. And I said unto them, Thus saith the mouth of God, that now that the staff of Ephraim has been brought, that you might take the staff of Judah and you might place them together. For thus saith the Lord God, for the end cometh." time the vision disappeared, and I said to the Lord, I said, of a truth, the time is at hand. Now what God was saying to me wasn't necessarily that, that I'm going to walk before the great Sanhedrin of today's world in Jerusalem. I don't know that to be a fact one way or the other. But what I do know is that the timing of this and the time in which this is happening is now. This is not... This is not set for another generation. This is not set. This is not set for another generation. This is set for now. And what God is doing now is God is bringing us, and He's wooing us. He's tugging at our hearts against all recognition of people saying, you're wrong. You're wrong. This isn't right. Why are you leaving Christianity? Well, we're not leaving Christianity. Christianity. I told you before, if I had to leave Christianity, I'd go nowhere. If I had to leave back the Messiah and count His blood as non-effect, I'd end up in hell, and so would you. We're smarter than that, even though when we do things like this, we don't look like it. Amen. We look like we look like some 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 young uh, young uh, lovers that are in love with each other, and we're all Google-eyed, and we just don't know where we're going, but we're happy that we're going. Well, don't stop me now. I'm having a good time. Amen? (laughs) Somebody said, well, what if you're wrong about all this? That's a fair question. That's a fair question. What if I am wrong? What if I'm wrong about all of this? Well, I'm going to tell you the simplest answer in the world. We can always go back to the way we were. And I'm going to tell you something. Most of you in this room know it. I'm one of these preachers. I'm not past going back where I was. I'm not past the time when I can't stand here and say, you, if I'm wrong, I've been wrong. Because I'm going to tell you a little secret most of you already know it. I fear God a lot more than I fear you. I fear standing before God and taking account and having to give account of even what I'm doing now. But I'm going to tell you something. This thing's God. This thing has proven itself to be God and it will continue to prove itself to be God and you will see, and I'll prophesy this to you that are in this room tonight, that if you will follow after the things of God... If you will continue after God and you will keep the Shabbat, keep Sabbath, you'll keep the festivals, if you'll keep the Torah, I will guarantee you a year from today you will see a difference in you and your family. You will see a difference in it. But you can't just just wrap one of these glory garments of God on one of these prayer shawls, one of the, this tallit up on and put on a keppah and grow a beard and bless God, say, oh, here I am. Use me like you used Moses. Well, don't make God laugh. Okay, don't, 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 don't get him to laugh. Now I was somewhere in all this. 43, I must have read one. I did. When thou passest through the water, I think I tried to say pass it. When thou passest through the water, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall thy flame kindle upon thee. Now again, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior, thy Savior. Who is the Savior? Yeshua. Listen. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. Big time stuff, folks. I will say to the north, Give up! to the south, keep not back, bring my sons from far, my daughters from the ends of the earth, even every one that is called by my name." Now, folks, I don't know how you have looking at this so far, and we've got a lot more to look at here. But it sounds to me like it's one and the same. I mean, we keep saying that we call upon the name of the Lord. We keep saying we call upon Him. And how often? We even sing songs that when we pass through the water, and that you'll be with us and through the rivers, they shall not overflow us. And when I walk us through the fire, thou shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. You remember the song? We sing that song. Scripture. We claim that, but we're saying, Israel, you stay over there somewhere. Again, I keep saying over and over what this friend of mine said, and it, 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 it means more and more to me every day. He said, said, you know, (laughs) he said, the thing about you Christians that's got us really, really in a tizzy, that you think that, bless God, that you're going to go down here and have all these benefits that all of us Jews have, and then when things get going tough, God's going to take you Christians off the face of this earth and leave us Jews down here to fight the battle. He said, you want to talk about unfair? We'll talk about unfair. He said, "You want to talk about right and wrong? We'll talk about right and wrong." He said, "If you're a part of us, you might as well get the sword sharpened up and be standing here ready to fight with us." Now, this is a messianic Jew. This isn't the, uh, the you know again the, 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 the orthodox Jew is, uh, is going to walk up to some of you and throw a fit. You better thank God that we're not in an area such as New York or Chicago where you're close to the close to the uh, the orthodox communities. Actually, they're 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 reformists. But uh, they're tough reformists. And and you be around them walking around with this blue thread in here and they'll throw a fit with you. Now listen to me. I'm not talking about, oh, excuse me. I'm talking about getting in your face and saying, what do you think you're doing? Desecrating God like this. Who do you think you are? You're not a Jew. What are you going to do if that happens to you? Oh, you think that'll happen to me? Maybe not. Let's hope not. You know the neat thing about us, we're kind of hit away down here, aren't we?
0: Oh, but let me tell
3: you something. God's got His ways. Amen? What will you do if somebody comes up and does that to you? Well, I'll start bawling, take the thing off, and go home. Well, I'm not going anywhere, Brother Deckard. You're not going with me. That'll be all right. That'll be all right. But let me tell you something. We have to realize, you've got to know who you are and what you believe. And, I, and that's what, what this is coming down to, brothers and sisters. You're going to have to know who you are, and you're going to have to know what you believe. And if you don't know what you believe tonight, I'm going to tell you as a prophet of God, you're in trouble. I'm going to tell you you're in trouble from two ways. You're in trouble for one, because the knowledge of God's Word is coming forth. The Bible says that no, to know do, what to do good and to do it not is sin. If what I'm preaching to you is truth, and it is, you're responsible for it. And if you're responsible for it, then you're going to stand in God in judgment for it. And that's the reason I stand in people say, well, well, I, 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 but you better, you better quit, I, 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 and you better pray, you better fast, and you better seek the face of God, and you better make a decision. Because I'm going to tell you, this thing will run over you like a freight train. It isn't for everybody. I'm sorry. You know, I've said for years, you know, we, we, we have been in the prophetic ministry business for a long, long time. And I've said for years, the biggest problem I have is that everybody wants to look at me and judge me as a pastor, and I'm not a pastor. I would never make a good pastor, and I will never will make a good pastor because I don't have a pastor's heart. I'm a prophet. I walk in the shoes of a prophet. I speak revelation knowledge as a prophet. And you see the signs and the things come forth that God gives me as a prophet. And because this, this ministry, this kind of ministry isn't for everybody, not everybody can stand to be under somebody that, bless God, that is authoritarian. A, a pastor is never authoritarian. And we've taught to you all about those five ministries. A pastor doesn't have an authoritarian um, uh, anointing upon him as a prophet and an apostle has. We don't say these things to be jacking our jaw. I didn't come here tonight to convince you. I come here tonight to teach you. Whether you learn from it or not, that's your problem. That's never mine. Okay. Well, let's go on. I'm gonna. I think they they give me the flash of the sign ten minutes, about five minutes ago. It says here. It says, fourth verse: Since thou was precious in my sight, I'm in the fourth verse. Thou has been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. I guess I did. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring my seed from thee. I did all that. Where am I? At? Eight. Thank you. I thought I read that before. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes, and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together, and let the people be assembled, who among them can declare this and show us former things. Let them bring forth their witnesses. That they may be justified, or let them hear and say it is truth. Now, what, what where is he taking us to? Well, well, hang on here. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Now, there's two things to get a hold of here. One is that you're a witness. God has got, but God can't do anything on this earth until He first brings forth the witness. He plants the seed and brings forth witness, and that's what God is doing now. You and I are becoming a witness. To, to what we're going uh, evidently is going to end up being called the Messianic movement, which I said the first part's probably going to be right. It's going to be a mess, and it's going to get to be a big mess because people are going to get just enough of it to become messes. That's what happens, and everything. But I'm going to tell you something. I, the thing that the thing that I, I I really like about this is, for the first time in my life, the first time in my walk with the Lord that I'm uh, in on the very beginning of, of a movement. And thank God it's the last movement and thank God it's this movement, alright? Uh, because I, you know a lot of people that was in the last movement won't make this movement. And the reason I can tell you that is that God never puts new wine in old wineskins. God is not going to take the First Church of the Righteous over here in Evansville or here in Mount Vernon, Indiana, and give them this revelation knowledge. If He did, it would be contrary to what God has ever done. God is always searching for hungry hearts Hearts that bless God that will let the Rahakodesh deal with them and bring them forth through prayer and fasting into and birth the moves that God has done. He's always done that. So, so therefore, you, you know, if you're waiting on the first church of the righteous in this town or Evansville or wherever you're from for them to all get, get Talits and, and kepas and begin to keep Sabbath, then I got news for you. You don't want to wait too long because you're going to miss the whole movement. Okay. You're going to miss the whole movement. And if you're going to miss the whole movement, then it's fruitless to you to even get started. If you're waiting on somebody else, that's the reason, again, you can't wait on somebody else. You're going to have to listen. You're going to have to listen to what's going on inside of you. You're going to have to bear witness and let that witness that's inside of you speak to you. Don't let somebody try to make a decision for you that you're going to have to live with throughout eternity. This is a serious thing. When God begins to bring forth witnesses... He doesn't intend to bring them forth and then go over there and sit down somewhere. Evidently, somewhere along the line, you and most, of me and most of you that are in this room tonight, have given ourselves enough to God that God is giving us the opportunity to be witness to plant seed to begin to do this thing. Now, I'm going to tell you something: planting seed and and, and furrowing a new row is not an easy thing. There's a lot of heartaches to it. There's a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of, oh golly gee, you're going to hell and you're all wrong and this isn't right and it isn't anything else. But you've got to keep in the back of your noggins and in your hearts that that's the same thing they were telling the apostles, Peter and Paul and the boys when they were on this earth. The same thing they told Jesus. You're wrong. You're not the son of God. What makes you even think you're the son of God? You're not the son of God. And so we're at that time at which ye are witnesses, saith the Lord. Hey, thank you so
2: much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing, taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material, because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer requests to cradle at Jewishprophet.com we'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow and remember, with God, all things are possible.